Bismillah, folks, folks, for online, I haven't started, right? Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Right, so that's, that's recording now. All right. And I've got that. And uh, let's have a look here. Uh, live session. No, it's still not loading. Absolute madness. Oh, that's not loading. You're, but you're there, right? Yeah, yours is working. Khalas, I'm going to put my one, close my one down. Uh, you see, now my one is working. You tell me now what's going on. All right, you know what, there's a... Oh, it's all, it's all stuck and everything, yeah? Why is that? Why is the internet gone so rubbish? Has it happened like that before? Can you guys hear me clearly though, go, guys? Uh, that, 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 I think that's more important for, for me right now. Can you guys hear me clearly? Um, I'm so sorry that this is... Uh, okay, you know what it is? Then forgive me for the quality of the video. Then Listen, close this one down. All right, close it. Just close the laptop down. No, no one going to use any Wi-Fi or anything like that. We're just going to have to go with it. I've got no idea what's happened. That's the truth. This is a, uh, uh, we are in a very, very solid um, Wi-Fi uh, situation, actually, mashallah. And, um, you know, excellent plan and this and that and whatever. And from a YouTube point of view, it looks absolutely great. What I'm looking at doesn't look like it's skipping, but for some reason, the streaming is uh, very poor. So anyway, it means that you don't get to see me very clearly, which I don't think is yani, the worst situation in the world. And um, but as long as the audio is clear, then we've got some kind of thing. And I've got um, I've got uh, the the comments now, which is most important uh, for me as far as I'm concerned. All right. So I hope you guys are doing good. My apologies again for for the tech kind of uh, mashup. I don't know why I've been like I've been sitting here right in this position for the last one hour. Okay, I know I can't make another video recording. Little fish, Qasim, you know what she's actually? Thinks I'm sitting there in, in my office in Chido. Allah Qasim, man. Yeah, so we can make another thing later. I'm sure that you do want another thing up later. Um, so, we are, ladies and gentlemen, in the section which we were speaking about with respect to... Um, the position of the Imam and the position of the Musalleen. And we got to, in the Sharh, page 268. And we are, yani to recap, basically, uh, very quickly, Al-Fasl, يَقِّفُ الْمَأْمُومُونَ خَلْفَ الْإِمَامَ وَيَسِحُ مَعَهُ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ أَوْ جَانِبَيْهِ أَوْ قُدَّامَهُ وَلَا عَنْ يَسَارِهِ فَقَدْ وَلَا الْفَضَّ خَلْفَهُ أَوْ خَلْفَ الصَّفْ أو خلف الصف إلا أن يكون امرأة وإمامة النساء تقف في صفهن. Okay, so that's the uh, that's that's the uh, Arabic that we uh, have covered and are going to cover. The translation of which let's just get the text up here so I can see it. Uh, that the uh, followers, they stand behind the Imam, okay? And it's not valid for them to stand on his right-hand side or 
sorry, and it is uh, valid for them to stand on his right hand side or to the right and left of him, but not in front of him. And they're not allowed, and the prayer is not valid if they stand on the left hand side or behind him alone, singular, yani alone. Um, or behind the, the prayer line, alone. Unless you are a woman and the imam of the woman stands amongst their line. Stands in their line. Okay, and I described all of this. Obviously, we spoke about this last week in detail. That, you know that we differ with this. And Alhamdulillah, Sheikh Uthaymin also, he adopts that position too. That um, it is not something which is... Um, uh, in fact, the prayer is not invalidated, neither the one who is praying or the one of the imam like this, but this is the position of the author, and we covered that in detail. I'm not going to re repeat that again. Today, we're at the top of page 268, uh, and neither the person who's standing behind. So like, you know, like when a man leads his wife, person, uh, the man stands here and the, the person behind. This is what we mean by the man standing behind, okay? This is now talking about a male, all right? Uh, standing behind the imam, who of course is a male. That's the first scenario. And the second scenario is then the, the, the so there's the imam, and then we have the lines, the line of people, and then we have a guy who's standing right behind the line by himself, all right? So these are the two scenarios. Either him standing by, by behind the imam, nobody, so it's only two people, so one in front, one behind, and they're saying this prayer is invalidated. And then the second scenario is there's a full prayer line or many prayer lines and the guy is standing by himself in the prayer line. This is a fascinating uh, discussion and I think Sheikh Uthameen does great justice to it. Let's, let's have a look at what he says. So, um, first of all, he goes that the, uh, the, the humbly position or certainly the, the madhab position, okay, is that, um, and this is one of the unique scenarios. This is from the Mufradat yani, of the Hanbali Madhab, meaning that these, this is one of those issues that they have a unique opinion. The other three scholars, the other three Imams, have, a, have the, the, the opposite opinion. They, they consider the prayer to be valid. But for the Hanabila, they don't consider it to be valid. And it's a very uh, interesting situation. Of course, you can expect Imam Ahmed to have a different riwaya on the issue uh, and uh, another narration on the issue, and he does. He doesn't yani, let us down there. Um, and we'll, we'll go and see you know, where, where Sheikh Uthameen stands and where, where Ibn Taymiyyah stands and what the class position is. So the whole point is that um, what is the, the scenario? The guy who is praying by himself alone behind the imam, his prayers become invalidated. Big statement, big statement. As for the imam, Sheikh Uthameen says, فَفِيهِ tafsil. He goes, we've got to uh, uh, go into better detail here. That if he keeps his intention that I am an imam, but this scenario occurs, well, you're not an imam because his prayer, yani, wujudihi ka'admihi, him being there is actually like nothing because the prayer is not on. Yeah, his prayer is not valid. So you're not in a, a jama'ah. So you're not in a jama'ah, you're not in that situation, so forget it, right? So your, uh, his prayer is invalidated. Because his prayer was praying as an imam. Because he intended to be an imam and he doesn't actually have anyone behind him, even if that person is physically there. But if he made an intention that he's praying alone, 
and then another guy joined for example then it doesn't matter whether he is there or not there but if he prayed as the a person praying alone didn't know if someone was there or decided not to change his knee or whatever it is then his prayer is valid because you know it doesn't matter the guy behind him or not all right um, and then the second scenario this, this is the humblies this is the humblies all right the mother the second scenario is that the salah of the person who's standing behind the the, the prayer line is also invalidated why because of the hadith of the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam aywa hadith of uh, of wabisa ibn ma'bad hadith of wabisa ibn ma'ad radiyallahu anhu in that in he in which he reported that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said la salata li munfaridin khalf as-saf that there is no prayer for the person praying alone behind the line there is no prayer there is no prayer li munfaridin for the one praying alone khalf as-saf behind the prayer line this hadith narrated by imam ahmed and is also narrated uh, narrated by imam ahmed uh, hadith number 1003 or uh, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Volume four, hadith number twenty-three, and it's also narrated by Ibn Majah as well. Hadith number one thousand and three. You know, my system. I prefer to because that uh, because people don't have the same uh, the publishers of books. I don't like giving volume and page number. It's best to give the hadith number, and not even that is inaccurate because people have different versions. But that's why I prefer to. And referencing, I give the uh, thing only uh, academically. You've got to write it down anyway, of course. But I mean in class. If you're looking for it, it's going to be mission. So hadith 1003, the hadith of Wabisa. Imam Ahmad said that this hadith is hasan. This hadith is uh, acceptable. And Hafid ibn Hajar also uh, quoted the same thing. It didn't go against it. This is important. When a person quotes a person's statement, right? Like, you know, Ibn Hajar says, and Imam Ahmad considered it to be hasan. And then doesn't refute it, doesn't go against it, doesn't say anything extra. It's almost like he's agreeing with it. And that's how the scholars generally understand it. And that's also... One of the important principles of the methodology of, of scholars and their books, understanding how to read it. So this hadith of Wabisa is what? That there is no prayer, la salah, for the one who's praying by himself, behind, uh, praying alone, behind the saf. Okay? And then we have another hadith, uh, the hadith of Ali, I think, yeah. Hadith of Ali ibn Shayban. This is not Ali ibn Abi Talib. This is a hadith of Ali ibn Shayban, radiyallahu anhu. There are a few Ali's, of course, from the companions. That This is one of the lesser known ones. And he narrated that the Prophet that, that the Prophet saw a man that was praying by himself, okay, behind the Imam and he behind the Saf, and he commanded him to repeat his prayer. He commanded him to repeat his prayer. This hadith is narrated by Imam Ahmed as well, had a volume four, hadith number two hundred and twenty-seven. It's also narrated by Imam Abu Dawood in the book of Salah. And the chapter is the man who prayed by himself behind the, the, the prayer line. Hadith number 682 is also narrated by Imam Tirmidhi in his Jamia, And also the same uh, chapter title, hadith number 230. Imam Tirmidhi, he considered this hadith to be Hassan. Big statement. Hadith to be Hassan, acceptable. Okay? Because we're going to discuss this a little bit later on. So the first scenario, the Prophet is warning generally. The second scenario actually sees a person and... Uh, uh, praying by himself behind doesn't say anything this is important doesn't say anything to him tells him pray again okay pray again now uh, Sheikh Uthameen says if what he was doing was not invalidating or corrupting his act of worship okay he would not have 
commanded him to repeat it again. Yani if what he was doing was not yani significantly problematic, okay, in validating, then he would not have made him repeat the prayer. He would not have made him repeat the prayer. Okay? Um, because repeating any action, let alone repeating an act of ibadah, but repeating any action, okay, uh, is yani, a headache, time, a burden, especially an act of worship, especially when it's been done, especially when it's been finished correctly uh, or um, correctly according to that person, but all the act has been done and completed, whatever. Uh, if it wasn't yani, something important, then the person would not have to repeat this uh, 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 act. And also, because what you're doing when you're telling the person to do it again is you're actually asking the person to do the act of worship twice, which is a big thing and it requires an evidence. Anyway, what the author has said here so far in this issue and put his uh, you know cards on the table is uh, the position of the Hanbali school, the Madhab official, and it is only the position of the Hanbali school official. This is from the Mufradat of the Hanbali school. Then he says at the top of uh, 269, he goes, as for the majority of the scholars, they said, and it's also a rewire from Imam Ahmed, they said that this prayer is valid. The prayer of the guy who's praying by himself alone behind Yani is valid. Whether he has a legal excuse or not, very important. Whether he has a Yani mutlaqan, in an absolute sense, it's a valid prayer. It's a valid prayer. Um, even if the prayer line that they're not standing in has space for him to stand in. But he decided not to or couldn't be bothered or didn't check properly and he stands behind himself. This is the second position. The third position, Sheikh Uthameen says, ulama, Some of the scholars said that no, this issue has some detail. If the, 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 the reason that the person is praying alone behind the line is for... Um, uh, because he has a, he has a, he has a, an excuse, he has a reason. For example, there's no space. Okay, then the prayer is valid. And if he didn't have an excuse, meaning that the prayer line has got space for him to stand in, and he still stands behind and prays alone, alone, then uh, uh, the prayer is invalidated. The prayer is not valid. Okay. Right, Sheikh Uthameen wants to now go through the evidences. Very interesting. He goes, what did the majority of scholars use as their evidences in the face of these hadith that we just quoted earlier on? So Sheikh Uthameen uh, says um, that the majority of people says, This person who uh, uh, is praying alone by themselves, okay, behind the saf, he prayed with the jama'ah, he did what he was commanded to do, and the Nabi sallallahu said, imam li bih. He, was the, he was told to follow the Imam because the Prophet said that the Imam has been placed to be followed and he followed him. And he, he made takbir when, he, the Prophet when the Imam made takbir and he made for when the Imam made for He did everything that he was meant to do in the same kind of area except that he wasn't standing in the actual line. That's the first point. The second, Ibn Abbas radiallahu an when the Prophet Sallallahu in that uh, uh, hadith of the tahajjud, when he pulled him from the side and made him go around him, okay, um, he was praying by himself for a period of time. Yeah, when he was on the left, he was not in jama'ah, even though he thought he was in jama'ah, but he was praying by himself. Then he brought him round, okay, 
when he brought him round, he then, uh, by the way, those folks who are saying it's skipping, we are making a, mashallah, let me just check, yep. Oh my God, let me just make sure that it is. Yeah, um, uh, we are making the high quality audio version uh, of it uh, as well. Uh, 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 even though I don't have the mic on, but it's uh, it's on the table in front of me. Um, I've been on missions today, so I didn't get a chance to put on like a thobe and stuff, whatever. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Uh, anyway, so at the beginning part, even though he thought he was in jama'ah, he wasn't. And then when he comes around to the right, then he does. Okay? And that shows that a person is allowed to be in the prayer line alone, regardless of what you think, right? Whether the prayer is valid or not. He's allowed to be even not part of the jama'ah until, for example, another person comes. He's there like there right now, but what if a person comes? Are you going to say there's a problem with his prayer? You're going to say, no, it's not. You're not going to say there's a problem. Uh, 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 there's a, a problem with the prayer. You're not going to say that, right? Because when another person comes and he's in jama'ah with him, end of story, right? So he goes that the fact that he's there for that length of time, a small period of time, but he's there, um, he's there standing by himself, the most that you can say is that he's not in jama'ah, he's praying by himself. You want to say that? Okay then. Well, guess what? There's no problem with that because Ibn Abbas likewise was praying by himself alone for that period of time and then became part of the jama'ah. Yeah? Okay. And Sheikh says, وَالْمُفْسِدُ لِلصَّلَاةِ يَسْتَوِي فِيهَا الْكَثِيرُ وَالْقَلِيلُ كَالْحَدَثِ فَلَوْ كَانَ الْإِنْفِرَادِ مُبْتِلًا لَبَطَلَ صَلَاةُ Ibn Abbas. That when it comes to corrupting a prayer, when it comes to corrupting a prayer, when it comes to invalidating the prayer or invalidating any action, the concept of a lot and a little comes into it. And so a little of the corrupter, invalidator, doesn't invalidate the prayer. And a little bit, sorry, a little bit doesn't invalidate the prayer and a lot does. Example, hadith. Yeah, any some ritual impurity or some impurity that falls upon uh, a person, right? Small amount or something that's actually on the body or whatever, tiny amount. It doesn't, but if it's a lot, yeah? Like yani, in aura, you know, like the old uh, whole aura crack situation yani, of a man wearing a t-shirt to whatever. Small amount doesn't invalidate the prayer. Small amount of time doesn't invalidate the prayer. Big amount of trousers fall down or something, yani, you know, whatever, validates the prayer. Likewise, the fact that he went solo, Ibn Abbas, for a small a period of time, didn't affect the validity of the larger prayer. They're arguing basically that if this person's praying alone for a little while, and then the person's going to come and join, or something of that sense, then you can't say that the uh, prayer is going to be invalidated, the whole prayer is invalidated. That's basically what's being uh, put forward. Um... And they said about, uh, so this, and how did they respond to the hadith of La Salat al-Munfaridin Khalf al-Saf? How did they respond to the hadith that there's no prayer for the one who is praying alone behind the prayer line? They said that this, uh, this uh, negation, there's no prayer, there's no prayer, doesn't mean that, there is, that, that the prayer has been invalidated. They said that this is not a great prayer. 
not the nephew of هذا النفي نفي لكمال للكمال يعني this is not the نقدلاء no there is no prayer this this negation is not the negation of the validity of the prayer it's a negation for the quality and the the, the excellence and the perfection of the prayer similar to the statement of the Prophet ﷺ when he said لا صلاة بحضرة الطعام ولا هو يدافعه الأخبثان that there is no prayer that's what the Prophet ﷺ said in the presence of food and ولا هو or when he is resisting the urge for the two dirty things meaning uh, uh, number one and number two to go to the toilet so if a person's holding it together, holding it in, crossing his legs, all the rest of it, you know, or concentrating really hard, right? So the first one is the food, because obviously he's like he's thinking about the food. The second one is the toilet, because the person's desperate to go to the toilet and it ruins everything, right? So the Prophet ﷺ said there's no prayer for that person. Now, there's this consensus of the scholars that this prayer is valid. And that the statement of the Prophet ﷺ doesn't mean that the prayer is Haram or invalid to pray. It means that what kind of prayer is that? That's no prayer. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nafil kamal. It is uh, the kamal, the kamal nature of the prayer, the beauty and the perfection and the excellence of the prayer has not been achieved if you're not focused fully on what you're meant to be doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and Sheikh Uthameen says, you know, and we agree with that as well. Ma'alum an al-insan lo sallam bi hadrat al-ta'am fasalatu sahiha. If he prays, then the food is there. And you're thinking about it, the prayer is still valid. And as for the hadith that about the the, the, the Prophet ﷺ seeing the man praying behind himself, the hadith of Ali ibn Shayban. All right. Um, the, first of all, some of the scholars said this hadith is not very authentic. That is true. Uh, the, some of the asanid of this uh, hadith show yani, that it's not the greatest. So there's an argument that can be made there, and that's acceptable. Okay. Um, and and uh, so, so that's 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 one point. It's not the most authentic of hadith, and they all said they also said, but doesn't mind. We'll accept that it's authentic. He goes, if it is authentic, then what this hadith means is that the Prophet noticed something that was more obligatory for uh, him to command the person to repeat the prayer. Meaning, we're assuming because he didn't say anything. It's because he was praying standing alone in that sof. We're assuming that it's because of that. We have no reason. Obviously, Hanbali said there's no other obvious reason. They're right. But the Jamhur said that maybe there was something. Okay. This is something which is a very specific situation. We can't just say that, you know, that it was because that person is praying behind the prayer line by himself. Okay? So that's the position of the scholars. Yeah, the majority of scholars. Sheikh Uthameen wants to respond to them, okay, on behalf of the Hanabila. So he says at the top of page 270, he goes, all right, let's have a look at what these, yani, these big boys are saying, the majority of the scholars. He goes, as for what they said about uh, the validity of the prayer of the person who's praying behind uh, the uh, 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 soft and that he and and the claim that he's done everything that he was commanded to do, so he's not required to do anything else. Then uh, that's sahih. That's that's correct. That's correct. Um, he goes. There's no doubt about that. But there's other obligations that need to be fulfilled. One of those obligations is to uh, check 
uh, is to uh, check. Uh, I saw names comment, and I got thinking is to uh, fulfill other obligations because not just the obligations of the, of the imam. There's obligations of the prayer, such as the saf. And to stand in the saf is an obligation in of itself. And to stand correctly in the saf is an obligation in of itself. To complete first rows first, is an obligation of the saf. All of these are other obligations as well. So Sheikh Uthameen says that there are other obligations that need to be done. So this point of the, the guy's prayer is fine because he followed the imam is not a weak, is a weak statement. As for what they said about Ibn Abbas, that uh, when he was praying by himself for a few seconds before the Prophet ﷺ put him to the other side, he goes, this is only a small amount. And we don't say that a person that does something like this uh, has invalidated the prayer. We agree with that. Uh, he goes, uh, we also agree. Uh, 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 and this is very interesting. He goes, if a person came and he didn't stand in that line and he, stand, he stood alone by himself and he goes, Allahu Akbar, and he starts... Uh, the prayer and he starts the prayer We're in the second paragraph of page 270 here with that right so he, he stands and he goes uh, Allahu Akbar alone so he's praying alone but then says um, that you know someone's going to come and join me in a second all right someone's going to join me in a second uh, because he's seen them in making wudu he's seen them taking their shoes off he knows they're coming right he knows the situation is going to get okay and that's something which all of us know in in practical terms that there's people that are on their way they're parking up they're delayed etc 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 but uh so he goes uh so he goes that listen that it is that's okay we're not going to say this person's prayer is invalidated because this person's going to have, as long as the, 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 the prayer itself is, uh, 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 as long as the prayer itself has been established and he started the prayer and knows that the rest of the prayer is going to um, be caught up with the second uh, person uh, or the third person that's coming and they haven't come yet. So then only a small part of this prayer was by himself by himself according to Ranabila. He was never by himself according to the Jumhur anyway. Alright? Um, then uh, uh, that's okay. As long that he does not miss the rak'ah. And this is the interesting point. Yeah, and he's kind of put a limit on the small amount that, that a person can can be alone for. So these few moments yani, uh, that he was alone we don't say that this basically person prayed alone by himself and we don't say that this is what we give uh, any ruling to. We're talking about the whole prayer itself and uh, uh, this is not the same situation. We have no problem with the person coming and doing this. All right. As for the hadith of uh, their claim that the hadith of that there's no prayer for the one who prays alone behind the saf, this hadith, then they said that it's nafyun lil kamal. That this hadith, it's not yani, invalidating the, the prayer, but it's rather saying that the prayer is not perfect. Okay? He goes, uh, this is not acceptable, Shaykh Uthameen says. We reject their argument. He goes, because nafi, to negate something, has three levels or three stages. Okay? The first and second stage, the first and second stage, is when you say there is no something, then it means that it's not there. Right? So there's so there's a a, a physical actual yeah negation. Then second step is a legal negation, 
a legal, the validity, negation of the validity. And then the third level is the actual negation of the uh, excellence or the completion or the perfection, if you like. All right. These are three stages. In the first stage, when we say that man, there's no salt in this. Yeah, there's no salt in this. Now, when we say there's no salt in this food, you either mean there is absolutely no salt, or you mean there's not enough salt for you to be happy with. Right? Now, it's not the first because we put the salt in. So, it is not يعني, the, the, the uh, nafi al-wujud. We're not negating the presence. So, that's the first level. That's the first thing we've got to يعني, uh, check. The second, are we saying that it is uh, a shar'i amount yani is it is it nafi of the validity no the chef is a, a michelin starred chef he put in the right amount of salt that is required for this dish to be acceptable or great but you just don't like it so it's neither the, the, the negating the the presence of it it's neither negating the legal limit of the salt being there i don't know if this is a good example or not but i'm just yeah, making up as i go along and the third is the knafil uh, kamal well, according to you, and let's say the rest of the diners are not happy as well. Yes, this might be okay for the palate of the chef, Michelin-starred guy who wants to taste all the blah blah but for the rest of us, we need some salt. All right? So this dish, when we said that there is no salt in this, it was yani, basically saying it's not perfect for us. It's not good enough for us. So this is how an example in salt would work. Now, they, uh, Sheikh Uthameen says, let's apply this to the prayer. Okay? They said that this is nafil kamal. They said that this is, the la salah is indicating that there's no prayer for the one who prays alone behind the prayer line, this means that this is not a perfect prayer. We'll say that, first of all, we have to make sure that it's not the, uh, that, that, that the others are, um, uh, that it's not one of the other forms of negation. So the first point is, is, is it referring to the, 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 the prayer physically being there? Well, it can't be because the prayer is being prayed. The guy is there physically praying by himself so it's obviously not the the negation of the actual presence yeah um then if it's not that we go to the next stage has the prayer been legally offered okay okay Martabatan. Okay, um, so he goes that we definitely have this action here. Uh, don't, don't connect to the uh, Wi-Fi. Okay, that's important because otherwise it makes it the uh, situation weak. They're already uh, getting some choppy behavior and stuff. Um, uh, and then, uh, so then it has to be for uh, 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 taking out the validity of the um, uh, Sheikh is saying that. That when you have these three levels, then the next one is the validity of the act itself, legal. And then if it's not that, then it's then in, then it's removing the kamal nature. Is this the case here with this prayer? Is their example that they gave valid, a valid example or valid response to the evidence? What did they say? They said, well, when you look at the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, when he said that there's no prayer in the presence of food, and when a person is, is resisting the urge to go to the toilet, okay, he goes that using this example is not right, okay, because the illa, the shari reason that 
the shar'i reason behind this statement of the Prophet Sallallahu that there's no prayer here is tashweesh, okay? It is the disturbance itself, disturbing the person. That's actually what the reason is. فَإِنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم, When he would listen, when he would hear the crying of a baby, then he would uh, shorten the prayer so that the mother is not يعني, trialed further in the prayer more than she already has been. She's already been so disturbed, she's already so stressed, she's thinking, everybody hates me right now, blah, blah, blah. So her prayer is a mess anyway. And so therefore he does it quickly so that that can be reduced. Okay? For, uh, she will remain... She, but she will remain yani, being disturbed for as long as the prayer is continuing. This shows that uh, 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 also, also the Prophet ﷺ told us that shaitan comes to the person who's praying and he says, hey, remember this, remember that, all the things that he didn't remember before. This hadith is, of course, sahih. And there's no doubt that this is going to cause yani, disturbance. The person's not there in the prayer. The whole point is that these two scenarios mean that person's not focused on the prayer fully, whether being disturbed yani, by a kid or being disturbed by shaitan internally. That shows, This shows that actually these things, they do not invalidate the prayer. So the, 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 yani, what Shaykh Uthameen is saying is that just disturbing someone or just a person being absent-minded in the prayer, although it's a shame and a horrific and embarrassing, hmm. Okay, that's the first time, by the way, guys. I just want you to know that it skipped out from the video. Uh, I just seen that it skipped out from the video, so I'm not. I, I didn't make it. I didn't say any comment. Oh, sugar! Now it's proper gone. Guys, on the on the podcast, just wait for me. Uh, just there, please. Um. Let's see if we're back again. Just wait, uh, guys, on the uh, thingy. Am I back? It looks like I'm back. Yep. Uh, okay, alhamdulillah. So I didn't say anything. Can you just tell me what the last thing is that you heard clearly? Can you guys tell me what, the, what it was, the last sentence? I need to make sure that you um, speak to this uh, uh, we uh, folks. Tomorrow, add, add that to the list. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. Disturbance doesn't invalidate the prayer. Okay, Zakalah again. So, um, what Sheikh Uthameen is saying is that it's clear in the Sharia that that, that that disturbance and poor quality prayer is poor, but it doesn't invalidate the prayer. And therefore, you using this hadith is actually not using it in its right place because the hadith itself is talking about those things. The hadith itself is talking about those things which doesn't invalidate the prayer anyway. So how can you compare this versus uh, and make a comparison with something like the standing behind the prayer line and, and say, yeah, that doesn't invalidate the prayer because these doesn't, don't invalidate the prayer. Well, we'll say, well, those don't invalidate the prayer because they don't invalidate the prayer. You can't compare the two. This we're saying invalidates the prayer, and this one doesn't. The food and situation doesn't yani, invalidate the prayer. Um, so we're not happy with that comparison. We're not happy with that evidence. And also, uh, they said about the person who is uh, praying behind the line by himself, 
and that the uh, and the Prophet ﷺ saw him and he commanded him to repeat the prayer. He goes, um, uh, he goes. You guys are saying that it was for another reason. Okay, well, you're not allowed to do that. Yani you you have to judge upon what's apparent. Yani the the it's obligatory to to uh, uh, when you have a text to apply what's obvious. Okay, it's obvious. Yani what um, uh, uh, you know. It, uh, he wasn't doing anything else. We can't see any other issue. The companions didn't notice anything else. They didn't mention anything else. And therefore, we have to go ala zahirihi. Okay? It, unless there's an evidence which would indicate that. If there was an evidence that would... Like, for example, companions were saying, no, it was because he did this or because he did that. Then it'd be something else. What is the obvious thing that we see here? That the Prophet ﷺ told him to repeat the prayer because he was standing behind alone in the prayer line himself. Okay? Um, okay, so Sheikh says, Ethan, therefore, I want to say that the strongest position in this issue, that's a proper domestic, yeah? Guys, can you hear that? Because I know that these folks will be able to hear it on the podcasting because I've got the high quality recording going down, but on the uh, this mic, is it picking up? That's a proper kickoff outside, like a proper kickoff. I don't know if you can hear that or not. Um, so Sheikh says, uh, that the the correct <laughs> the correct opinion in this matter <laughs> he goes therefore that the prayer of the person who's praying in the prayer line alone by himself is invalid okay it, it is invalid and it needs to be done again this is that means starting with this just wait he goes but if a person was to say if someone was to say, but hold on, man, I knew about the, that the middle position is the stronger position, and therefore isn't really the middle position here to say that if there's a reason that he was praying alone by himself, then the prayer is okay. But if the reason is not, then you know it's it's uh, it's uh, you know. So I think that's it's, it, you know we should adopt that position. Sheikh Azamin says, yeah, I take that. He goes that the middle position is. The, uh, the correct position always that that is the case and in this scenario if the person has a reason that they are uh, praying uh, by themselves uh, by themselves alone in the line then we'll take that and the prayer is valid because the invalidating of a prayer of a person who's praying behind the line um, by themselves indicates that the person entered into the prayer okay and they entered into the prayer correctly and all the rest of it. And a prayer is only invalidated if a person does something haram or leaves out an obligation. Okay? And uh, and that obviously indicates, this hadith has indicated, that to stand in line is an obligation, as many of the other hadith you have indicated. So what this person is doing is not fulfilling an obligation in the actual prayer. And an obligation, according to the Qaeda Sharia, the, the Sharia maxim, that there cannot be an obligation if a person is unable. There can't be something obligated upon a person when they are unable to perform that from a legal point of view. Of, of view. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, فَاتَّقُوا uh, Fear Allah as much as you can. Surah Taghabun. 
And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Baqarah, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها. And so therefore, if a person was to come and stand behind the prayer line, and they look around and they realize that they can't, yani, they find that the prayer line is full and that they can't find any space, then he prays by himself in that prayer line, okay, and his prayer is valid, okay? And this is the middle position. So if the person does have a legal excuse, can't yani, get into the room, and what else is he going to do? Therefore, his prayer is valid, he carries on praying. This is the position of Ibn Taymiyyah, it's also the position of our Shaykh Abdul Rahman ibn Sa'di, and it is the correct position, yeah. Yes, if you have a legal excuse, this is important actually because this question gets asked, you know, do I need to seek forgiveness if I do something uh, uh, like, for example, um, taking a fatwa that would allow you to do something that's not, not normally allowed because you are unable to do something or things like that. Do I get the same reward? Do I have to make istighfar because it's a haram act that I'm doing? The answer is no because of what the sheikh just mentioned that the fard itself, the wujub itself has been lifted because of your inability. So you are treated like a normal person. What if a person, Sheikh says, at the bottom of 272, he goes, uh, why, uh, why don't you tell, why don't you, why don't you, uh, uh, why don't you uh, say, um, why don't you say to this person, just grab someone from the, the row in front and pull them back. Okay, and khalas, yani, then, you know, they're, they're in a row, they can all close up that gap, and you've got now another person uh, with you, and you're not alone anymore. Okay, you're not alone any uh, more. Uh, Bilal, we're going to come to that. It does matter, actually, how long uh, that does. No, sorry, you're asking the question, and that does not matter how long he stays by himself in that row. Um, so, uh, if, a, if the row is full, then it doesn't matter. If the row is full, and he has no other option, he's not talking about a time limit here. He's talking about when the row is not full, when a person doesn't have a legal excuse, then he cannot be standing in this prayer for longer than a raka'ah. Raka okay? If he doesn't have a legal excuse. But if he has a legal excuse, and the prayer is full, the prayer line is full, and then the whole prayer, he can be by himself. Alright? That's a really good question, actually. Um, because Sheikh Tamim is going to comment on that. Now, now, why don't you just pull someone back? Okay, Sheikh Uthameen says, no, no, we're not going to tell that because this will entail a number of prohibited things. If you do that, you're going to you're going to enter into a number of prohibitions. The first one is that you're going to disturb the guy who is praying. I mean, miskin, yani, someone grabs you on the back and pulls you out. Like, what the fish? Yeah. And in fact, you know, I, I, I you guys know those who have taken fiqh salah uh, with me that we spoke about this. There's a riwayah in the Musannaf that uh, someone did this to Ali ibn Abi Talib and he turned around and he slapped him full square in the face. Full. And if I'm not wrong, but this is a long shot because my memory is rubbish, that there might even be a riwayah narrated by a Tirmidhi, not even the Musannafat. You know the Musannafat are normally not yani, you know, the, the bastions of authenticity, but certainly uh, this riwayah is yani, muwafaqa, yani, it, is, uh, it is to be trusted, it is... Uh, uh, um, I've seen it in a number of places. I did a tahqiq of it once as well. Um, and yeah, turned around, slapped him straight. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Imagine someone pulling you. Happened to me once, you know that. SubhanAllah. Obviously, you know what I mean? The thing is that people will say, why didn't you do an Ali on him? Because we're not, you know, 
Ali does that, everybody is like standing and saying, we learned the lesson, that's it. I do that, I'm getting killed afterwards. You heard that one, guys? This is the problem. Tuesday night is football night, all right? You've got Yani Zamalek and Ahli and God knows what playing. We're actually very close to Zamalek and Ahli also not far. They're both both just over, uh, uh, Nile Giz just there. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, it is absolutely one of my pet peeves. Absolute, Yani can't stand that behavior. And um, I, I think it's obvious. Anyway, Shekhar Zemin says you're disturbing that guy. Um, second, you're creating a, a gap in the line in front. You're creating a gap. And Sheikh Uthameen says, you know, it's possible. He's not saying 100%. But it's possible that this is breaking the line. You are actually breaking the line. And yani, maybe it's possible that you are being mentioned in the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said, Man safan, Whoever breaks a line, Allah will break him. Or cuts off a line, Allah will cut him off. Or disturbs a line, Allah will disturb him. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, this hadith, yani maybe you are that person. So that's a big statement. I don't know about that, but yani it's a, you know you are creating a problem at the very least. The third prohibition that you are entailing is uh, you. Uh, it's a crime that you've done against the guy in front because you've taken him from a better position to a worse position. To be forward is the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, and you've pushed him back. So that's not acceptable either. The fourth prohibition is the um, the crime you've done against everybody else. Because everyone now is going to have to move. To fill up that gap, everyone's going to have to move. Or the majority of that soft is going to have to move. You know, if you take just one direction, everyone's going to have to take a step to the left. That's no joke. That's no joke. All right. So that's why we're not being, we're not going to pull someone back. If someone was to say, Sheikh says, that, okay, what about we uh, uh, tell our guy, right, if you come to the masjid and you can't find any space, then just go to the front and join the imam on the right-hand side. Stand next to him on the right-hand side. Sheikh says, we're not going to do that, because that in itself is also entailing a number of prohibitions. The first of these prohibitions is the climbing over the people's backs, necks, shoulders, X, Y, Z, whatever. We said this before, that if you're in the prayer line, to let someone through is a sunnah and a blessed thing, right? But to do the act itself is not allowed. Right to jump over people and you know can you get out of the way and tapping them on the shoulder and this is something which is not allowed, okay. Um, uh, in the book fair. Yeah. We were praying Maghrib, and obviously you're not at the corner. Yeah. And I'm leading, and the entire row is full. Yeah. The guy comes all the way from from the back. Yep. Comes all the way past the people. Yep. And he prays on my left. Yep. Because I'm praying like this underneath the roof. Yep. You know? There's no space. No right. Yep. So I was gonna. Yep. But yeah, I was gonna be in Zuhud, so I was gonna be. Right. So let me respond to that on a couple of points. Right. So I don't know if you heard that, but this is basically saying that he it just happened to him at the book fair the other day when he was praying Maghrib. Um, the so the first thing is that this is referring to a, a unique situation, which is not unique. Sorry. The ruling is in a masjid. The masjid is understood not to have these angles and side points and this and that, whatever. Because it's possible, for example, that your masjid has an entry point from the front, yeah? And you could enter from the point of the qibla and just go straight to the imam position, right? You're not disturbing anybody. You know what I'm trying to say? This is talking about a normative masjid, straight lines, where you're entering from the back. And of course, that way, the only way that you can happen, whatever. That, that, that's the Second thing. 
This statement that Sheikh Uthameen is making that on the basis that there is space at the back. Because we're discussing whether a person should stay in the space at the back alone. Yeah? And we're not speaking about a scenario where there is no space. Now, is no space. When Fiqh Salah comes out, yani, um, I think two weeks or something like that, inshallah, okay? There's a, a really nice video. There's some absolute sick videos in that, by the way. One of the videos that I decided that, you know, I mean, Ghassan yani, is the one who teased me with the idea and then I looked at it and I thought about it and I said, yes, yeah, it's a good idea. Is me doing a voiceover on people praying. Okay? So we had B-roll and um, it's just fascinating to watch people in a very natural kind of situation. And then commenting on what's happening and the thought process and what's allowed, what's not allowed, and there was a scenario in the in the in the in, in, that's in the class. Okay, one of the the, the, the demo sections, in which um, I was leading the salah, I was leading the salah, and the camera was on. Correct, mm-hmm. I've just remembered now. I was leading that salah, and um, the first line is full, not full. Sorry. The masjid was Regent's Park, and it's got a massive wide, obviously, thingy, yeah? But there was like about 10, 15 people in the line. There's a space there for 100 people to be in that first line, 100 people. But a guy came and he stood and made the second line. And I'm commenting on that. And basically, I said, I don't think there's a problem what he did. And that's not because that there's no space in the front line, but because by carrying on making the front line, you know, wider. wider, he's actually going to cut off the whole masjid. Mm. This was me leading a jama'ah at the back of a masjid after, after the main jama'ah had finished, right? So again, what Shaykh Uthameen is speaking about is a normative situation. In a non-normative situation like what you're talking about, not the masjid, bring in a corner, very busy as you saw, if that guy probably, I'm guessing, if he had made a second line, cutting in the way of people, there's no space anyway. There you go. So this is not applying to a person where there's no space. If there's no space, then you do go and stand at the front. And then you gave another example. You said that he stood on the left-hand side. Whether he did that intention or unintentionally. If he did it intentionally because there's no space on the right, that's no problem. If he did it because he didn't understand and he prays on the left because he didn't understand, then you should move him. If you said like you're in sajda when he joined, you can't do that. That's a bit more difficult and you have to let it go. Prayer is valid as we covered last week. So what if I'm praying and here's, so my head's just underneath the, this, this line. Yep. And say I'm standing. Yep. Do I now shift forward and put him back? Uh, I'm in his place now. Yeah, you could do that. If the place was like so tight that he couldn't move easily, but you could, this is important, by the way, when imam, the reason an imam is an imam, and why I always want to emphasize that it's more than just the Qur'an, is that they've got to have knowledge. They need to understand that, you know what, I'm also allowed to move a little bit. I'm also meant to, you know, this is the scenario when a, a, a person comes and joins you for the prayer when you're praying by yourself. Yeah, there are some people who don't move at all, right? Or when two people come and join, and you're expecting just them to step back. Well, instead of just waiting for them to step back, why don't you step forward? 
do a bit of hand stuff. Yeah, you guys go here. I go. So the Imam's got to move around yani, and show that he's in control of the situation. So uh, anyway, uh, Sheikh is saying that, you know, we can't have people just climbing all over the folks and uh, that's a disaster. The second prohibition that would happen if we told people to go and stand next to the Imam is that this he's going against the sunnah of the jama'ah the imam is meant to be alone you're not meant to have a person with him again this is of course in a masjid where the line option is there right the option is there we're going against what the hayah of the prayer looks like the third prohibition if we said to this person go and stand next to the imam and then what's going to happen when the second guy comes then he's going to go and stand on the other side. And then he's going to the other side. And they're going to go on the other side. And so instead of actually making a line at the back, they're going to make a line yani, with the imam. And we've created a scenario which is not yani, the correct situation of a uh, jama'ah. Okay? All right. What if a person says, uh, okay, khalas, listen, just tell him to wait. Don't join the prayer. So wait in the shoe area with the other guy. Or wait at the back of the masjid because you can see that there's no option here. So I'm not going to join this line by myself. I'll wait, which is actually a very reasonable point to make. I've seen it happen, right? So we'll enter the prayer together, us two, so we're never in the prohibition aspect of being alone. Sheikh says, well, if we, we're not going to do that either, all right? Uh, because the first one that is that this person might wait and Mr. Raka, and... Uh, and maybe this yani, raka is the last one, and therefore the jama'ah is going to be missed. And that's yani, unacceptable. And he goes, the second problem is, uh, He goes, that another possibility is that um, he's there, and he gets nothing. If he used to wait, and not join the jama'ah, he didn't get anything. Because there's two aspects to this yani, congregation. There's the, actual joining a congregation and there's being in the correct place in a con congregation right because technically speaking some scholars will allow there to be quite a big gap as long as you're in the same room hall like the egyptians do like arabs do you've seen that you know they put the chairs at the back for the old folks because they don't want chairs in the uh, original lines and they say that and the, the, obviously there's enough evidence to, to accept this that yani to be part of a jama'ah is a feel, I'm part of a group. I might be sitting miles away, but I'm part of a group. This is why we don't allow people who are praying yani, in the haram, praying outside in the streets and all this kind of thing, whatever, whatnot. Because um, that's not part of the jama'ah, uh, uh, unless, of course, the lines are all full. And, you know, if the lines are full, then, you know, you've got so many people that depend upon the, the, the fatwa, like the hotel that we stay in a lot, yani, as part of our Umrah programs, which is the Marriott, okay? Um, it's like the Fairmont, right? In the clock tower. When you pray in the musalla of the Fairmont clock tower, its whole thing is right opposite the, the masjid and you can feel like you're part of the line because you can see everything. Dug, 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 dug. And then likewise in Marriott, where on the other side, on Jabal Omar, same situation. The whole musalla is up like the thingy and you're like, you can feel like you're almost part of the jama'ah. It's unacceptable. You're not part of the jama'ah. You're like a mile away. Like literally a mile away. Right, like uh, at least one kilometer away from the imam and whatever, and you're miles in the sky. And this is whereas if you're in a masjid, and we got you know some feel of the jama'ah, we can you know whatever. And they said, okay, so Sheikh Uthameen says, even if this person was like praying 
in alone in the uh, line by himself, if he prays, he might not have got yani, the right place, but he got the jama'ah concept. He did the action. He goes, if we tell him to wait, and he misses the jama'ah, and we say to him, listen, oh by the way, sorry, the, 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 the person who's making this i'tirad, yani, making this yani, question, he's basically saying that, you know what, because it's prohibited to pray alone by itself, he should wait, and if nobody comes, then he prays it by himself afterwards. That's what his point is saying. And Sheikh Uthameen is saying that this is not good because you've got the option to pray with him and uh, pray with him in the Jama'ah. Right? And he's saying also, listen, at least if you joined in, it's not good. Like in, he got the, 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 the Jama'ah action. He didn't get the right place. If he doesn't pray, he neither did the action, didn't get the place either. Yani, la amal wa la makan. La amal wala makan. Um, Sheikh says, yani, you know, and anyway, Sheikh says, and the situation is, is that actually, this doesn't make any sense because we've already said that a person who's praying by himself alone for a shari reason has, doesn't need to worry about the place. His place is covered anyway. So he's got the action and doesn't need to worry about the place. Okay, Sheikh says finally, what about a person that says, uh, This is really interesting. So what is the, 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 the prayer, what is the manner or how does a person who is praying by himself as part of a congregation, when does he invalidate his prayer? So prayer that, so a person comes in, wants to be part of the congregation, but isn't part of it because he's praying by himself alone in the uh, uh, by himself behind the final soft. When does that happen? At what moment has he invalidated the prayer? And Sheikh Uthameen says that this happens the moment that the Imam says, Samiyallahu uh, liman hamida from the ruku'ah, i.e., when he misses the first rak'ah. Okay? Um, and, uh, and, 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 and nobody came to join him. So he's there and Nobody came to join him from the bathroom or whatever as a two, and the imam lifted his head. If they if they're in ruku', he's in ruku', and another guy joins him in ruku', and they both come up, Allahu liman hamida, then his prayer is valid. This is the the, the one rak'ah, the, the one ruku', one rak'ah is the is the maximum amount of time that a person can stand by himself alone in the prayer line behind the rest of the prayer lines. Any longer than that, the prayer is invalidated. That's what Shaykh Uthameen says. First of all, like I said, I'm not so happy about that. Yani, Allahu A'lam. Okay? Yani, fi qalbi yani. But it's irrelevant because Shaykh Uthameen is speaking about a person that has the opportunity to stand in the prayer line. Like join. If we're talking about a person that has a valid legal excuse, correct, as Harris has said, this isn't the guy who has no other option. If the prayer line is full, then this doesn't apply. <coughs> and Allah knows best. This whole one rakah thing. Yeah. <coughs> so if you start from the second, second row and he has the option to go forward, he has up until one rakah to go forward. If a person has the opportunity to join the prayer line in front and doesn't and stands by himself and remains like that for more than one rakah, then the prayer is invalidated. That's what Sheikh Al-Tamin is saying. And like I said, I don't know if that's yani, so correct, Allahu A'lam, but, but 
regardless, it's not our problem. The person has a legal excuse, we're good. All right? Except if this is a lady. All of what we just said below about yani, a person praying by themselves, and this is all uh, if this is a man. If it's a woman, then we don't have a problem. Why? Because of, and you know, folks, in my fiqh salah class, remember this. Um, I can't even remember, subhanAllah. You know what the crazy thing is? Is that obviously this class is the best thing I've ever recorded, mashallah, right? This online version is so detailed, so long, so much stuff. And I have a feeling, I have a feeling that I might not, which would be crazy, actually, which would be crazy. Oh, it's not part of fiqh salah. I think. I think it's part of protect his house. So I, in the section where we speak about Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an, I think it's protect his house. We speak about basically various uh, plus points of um, Anas. Some of the, the, the beautiful things that he's been able to bring to us. Especially because he's one of the, the, the biggest narrators of hadith. And how many hadith we've got. And yeah, yeah, it's protect his house. It's protect his house. And I put a challenge to all the students. And I say to them, right, who can tell me about what Anas narrated to us about an action of the Prophet that he used to do that nobody else uh, has ever narrated, nobody else has told us, and nobody else, yeah, any, um, yeah nobody else yeah, except him has told us about. And not a single person, I think, in every class that I taught that 30 times, right, has ever been able to get that right. And then in the class I tell them, that that action. Give him. Huh? What do you mean give you him? Just told you, and which is the one action that that, that uh, yeah, that's it. A prayer, actually, not even action, a prayer. Sorry, I made it so easy. Actually, I said, tell us one prayer that the Prophet used to pray that nobody else told us about. That we don't know from anybody else. I'll give it to the LP folks. I'm sure I mentioned this in LP. Can't be any year 11 I've not mentioned this before. Come on guys, respond to me in the in the thingy here. I'm absolutely positive that I would have mentioned this in class, uh, here as well. Don't tell me the comments are going down right now as well. There's no way that we've got people here. Now let me tell you Ahlam about Fajr um, We've got a different guy in So yeah No way Jeeva saying I've only mentioned that No Nafal in Jama'ah Come on Rafi How many hadith we have on that bro Come on man What do you think Hadith of Taraweeh And hadith of And so many hadith Some sort of morning prayer Some sort of morning prayer Why a morning prayer Salat Doha. That's right, Mesa. That is right. This is the uh, action of the Prophet ﷺ blessing people's houses. He would go around to people's houses and say, Hey, I'd like to pray here. So that people can then pray in those houses, take some kind of uh, sukoon that they're not able to, remember, might not be able to go to the masjid. Um, and especially and for the females. And so, Anna said that she came to that we. I was with the Prophet. Obviously, Anna is the servant, so going with the Prophet everywhere. So 
So he goes, one day, it was around Duha time, we went to Umhram, went to Milhan's house. Yeah? Uh, so Umhram, um, he goes to her house and he says that I'm going to pray here. And there was a uh, servant for Umhram. And actually, there's so many narrations of this hadith. The asal is in Bukhari. That's the reason we did it in al al Mufrad, because we're talking about Bukhari. Anyway, man, that's a great class. Um, Anas then said that, uh, I mean, it's great. He goes that we looked around and I saw like a piece of hasiri and a piece of like a, like a mat that was so dark because of how much it had been used, like dirty. Right? So I cleaned it a bit. I gave it to the Prophet and then we stood on it. And he described very clearly that the Prophet stood at the front. Me and the kid, he goes, we praise himself as a kid. Me and the kid, we stayed, we stayed prayed behind, right? And Umhram behind us. So that's a woman standing by herself in a prayer line behind. So that's why the Hanabila have said, unless it's a woman, a woman is allowed to do this. Now, Sheikh Uthameen makes a really good statement, okay? He says, uh, um, Uh, Sheikh Al-Tabin mentions this hadith at the top of 275 as well, but he says it was Yatim. Yeah, I think he was a servant as well. It was an orphan, but he was a servant, okay? And they prayed behind the Prophet ﷺ, and the lady prayed behind them. And Sheikh says that this indicates that it's allowed for a woman to pray alone by herself. Um, and this also so, uh, helps yani, with, the, with the majority of the, the scholars, they had no problem with this anyway. Okay, they, they use this as an evidence, actually. The majority of the scholars, they, they, I mean, he didn't go through all of the evidences, but he's saying that, well, the majority also added, oh, by the way, what about the hadith of Umhram? She prayed by herself, so the men should as well. And what they will say is that when it comes to illegal rulings, then whatever applies to women applies to men, except if there's an evidence to indicate any difference. And therefore, this is, we should have evidence for us. Sheikh Uthameen directly says, listen, this is, we accept this, no problem. But you can't use this as an evidence for the male situation. He goes, why? Because we do have evidences that they're not different. They're completely different when it comes to And especially in the soft. The Prophet said that for the men is the best lines at the front. Women are the best lines at the back. And therefore, there's absolutely no doubt that this can't be used. This can be used as an evidence to show that for women, it is allowed to pray in a jama'ah of men. In a jama'ah of men. He goes, but if this hadith is now applied to a group of women praying, right, then it's not allowed. Not allowed for a woman to lead other women and the line there and a woman, uh, the space to pray in that first line and she prays alone by herself. Okay? Unless, of course, there's no space, then it's allowed. I think it's a fabulous statement. All right? Exactly. Um, I, I, yeah, and uh, I think we'll stop there. I think we'll stop there because the next section is uh, about where the woman, yani, how the woman leads the prayer and the woman, yani, all the rest of it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Why did she not narrate it? I don't know. Good question. But she didn't. I can tell you that. And surely there's other instances where 
Los von der Fehlbarkeit sind aber zu passiv. Schau dir alle drei, wenn Pistol und Frey daheim oder was passiert. Not I know. Yeah, no, what, what, what I'm saying, you know, it's not about uh, Doha itself. The Prophet would always pray Doha. The real issue is not even that this is a Doha prayer. Alright? Because the Doha is not prayed in Jama'ah. This is some Nafal. This is the Prophet. You've got to remember, like I, like I said in the class, this was all around about just general habits and things. The Prophet used to love the prayer, not just rhetoric. Not just Kalam Fadi. The Prophet loved the prayer. Always looking for an opportunity to pray. Everywhere, anywhere. This is why the Prophet was so big on praying at home. Every area. Changing places. Different locations. Keeping Barakah everywhere. Keeping Shaitan away. Shaitan hates it. The Prophet said, don't, let, yeah, don't turn your homes into graveyards. Yeah, and he, everywhere, anywhere. He's always yeah, praying. Praying when he's outside on a camel. Praying yeah, in the battlefield. Praying. So he likes the idea of those people who are not going to come to masjid, they're older, Umhram was older, woman, you know, and even though, and this is why we say that, even though that hadith might not be so authentic about yani, uh, the best prayer of the woman is prayer at home, there's no doubt about this being the Islamic correct position, right? Yani generally, because normally a man doesn't like that. Normally for a woman to come to more headache, every time a woman to go out and then dress and all the rest of it, headache, but basic concept is always women looking after children, looking after home, this, that, has a headache. So the asal. But I just don't like people trying to claim that the Prophet said about hadith, that's all. And the Prophet said that don't prohibit them coming to the masjid. But in general, it's good. And so therefore, uh, and the women are not obligated like the men. The Prophet did not specify the women to come to the masjid and, and in obligations. So the idea of going around and make things any easy and situation and barakah and kedah, I think is great. I think it's great, and that's the thing that Anas told us. Uh, and a few other narrations as well. Alright, questions guys, and then we call it a day. Is it a legal reason for a woman in the women's room? Is it, is it a legal reason for a woman in the women's room to pray in a separate self to keep an eye on her kids? Well, I hate this, to be honest. I hate this. Um, like we've got problem after problem after problem. Yeah? There's that so much that I want to say about this. And it just gets messy. Because first of all, kids should not be in a masjid. Full stop. Woman yani, who's in an impossible situation and brings a kid, that's okay. But yani, to make like the habit and the system and for women to come regularly with children, um, this is not how Islam sets up the jama'ah with babies and things like that okay then today you've got now masajid ostensibly all in the west okay uh that have separate rooms and whatever whatnot which are great if the masjid is completely packed right then we can justify it but a lot of the time the masjid the women's section is not packed and so that we've got now three different sections like we're turning this into a joke right just like we're turning the masjid into churches with pews of chairs everywhere, it's a joke. And now we're creating yani, zones where women stand here, women stand there. It's already bad enough that we're not allowing women to stand behind the men. Right? But now we've got women saying, standing in this room, this floor, whatever. So I'm not a fan. I don't want to say it's haram, haram. I just, I hate it. I hate everything about it. Okay? 
um, is this a valid reason to not pray with the others? No, it's not. Yani children are allowed to be in the prayer place. Places that yani is irresponsible bringing them. Back in the day, it was different. Yani, you know, women, kids would come in, go out, you know, no problem, you don't have to worry about anything. Now, you know, it's been proven without a shadow of a doubt. When kids come and the person's there, they can't focus on anything. You can't focus on anything. It's, uh, and yeah, you look now in the masjid and you've got like little kind of sections, you know, that everyone's divided up and stuff. It's, it's a bit weird. Um, there are many masjid in the States now that have an area for men and kids. Yeah. Listen, it's tough. Listen, everybody's gone through it. You know, people think that I'm hating on the kids and terbiyah of the kids. That's just stupid. Your, your kids are not going to become better because you took them as a five-year-old to the masjid. Yani, you know, to the obligatory prayers or three-year-old or whatever. Your kids are going to be become Muslims and better Muslims and yani, whatever if you follow the sunnah of the Prophet which is to command them to the prayer when they're age seven and don't let them yani, miss it and to bring them to the masjid yani, when they're seven every single day and not stop doing that. Never was the Prophet Otherwise the Prophet would have said bring them people to the masjid yani, at the two or three or four. The fact that they're there is not meant to be a indication that it's good. Even if they're playing with the Prophet ﷺ themselves. Otherwise he would have said, bring them when they're three or four. He said, expose them to the prayer at seven. Yani, start bringing them then. You know what I mean? It's so clear at this point, I don't understand. And any parent that has brought their kids and they've got half a brain sees how much problem it is for others and themselves. So no, it shouldn't happen and we should leave them at home. And it means that people are going to have to take one for the team. It means that you know parents are going to have to work something out. And ostensibly that's the woman. Because the man is obligated to attend the masjid. That's that's it. That's it. It's not that difficult. Yeah? And that's why women look, you know, women pay for babysitting, use yani, other people who are menstruating to look after kids. That's how it works. Women yani, are so happy when kids grow up. You know? It is, you know, really. Um, regarding Jum'ah, I've missed the uh, uh, first congregation. So I'll go to the second one. But the second one tends to run into Asr time as they follow the Hanafi timing. If I've usually read Asr at the Shafi'i timings, do I get up and pray Dhuhr if the khutbah is about to go into Asr or is it more important for me to stick in the Jama'ah and go to my Asr time go, that goes into my Asr time because of the flexibility in the time of the Salah. The second one, Hibba. I'm of the second opinion. That if it goes over a little bit, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. All right, guys. Jazakumullah khair. So some important news. I know I've been off the scene and I won't be back again for a while because so busy for the next 10 days, at least uh, like crazy busy, like busier more than normal, like mental Cairo busy basically. Go out early in the morning, come back at night time, don't know what's going on, nothing. So, um, but I did accept to teach Dominion live one more time and it's happening in Bradford. So folks who are anywhere north of Birmingham, then come out to a great night out, inshallah, Saturday the 25th, not too late as well, between 5 until 9. So spread the news on that. It is big news because, is it big news? I think it's big news. I haven't spoken in, in, in Leeds or the, you know Yorkshire or that area for a long time. Yeah. So we good yeah, I need to tell all the folks, be hooking up with folks that I know are there already. And those that yeah, I know that Dominion is a nice introduction to Quran, nice introduction, yani, you know what I mean? Uh, like, see the responsibility of your da'wah to friends and family. The kind of 
the kind of thing that we should be uh, telling you know those folks that won't come to another class this is one that they will enjoy right it's maybe you'll be the route to them becoming more practicing more of the quran especially as we're coming up into the run-up to ramadan that's the reason i did it because definitely we need to be thinking in the aqsa program by the way it's going to be every day we're going to do significant amounts of quran yani, um, i'm even thinking of doing something unique a full surah i'm thinking about it and um you know putting a bit of pressure upon myself but it's a proper quran program so if you haven't yani, been to aqsa or you you know you want to see something special you've got the opportunity to then you know i don't think there's many spaces left on that but again that's another that's another thing to tell people about first week of ramadan we're going to be there inshallah so that's a month away no month away that's a about seven eight weeks away yes inshallah lama i'm waiting for my visa man uh i'll be there in a shot but uh visa bagheaded people they are custom taking years man yeah can you imagine can you imagine that I wait for one year, pass all of their thingies, whatever, or two years, whatever, whatnot. They give me five years. I come and go and fulfill every single one of their conditions. And then when it comes to renewing one, like if you do that in any other country, they give it to you automatically. And they put me through the whole thing again. I was nearly been seven, eight months. Bagheri people, man. All right. Barakallahu feek wa jazakumullah khair. Subhanakallahu bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu alayk. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh